Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Fried Dates with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. All right, before we jump into this episode, I want to invite you to be considered for my Work Hard, Play Hard Mastermind by completing an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. So this mastermind is not like any mastermind you may have been to or heard of, I promise you. This mastermind is for six to seven figure entrepreneurs that are working too damn much and aren't taking the time to have amazing experiences around the world with an incredible tribe of people. So every 100 days or so, I drop you into new experiences that are specifically designed to elevate your thinking, to give you new ideas. Look, you get your best ideas not staring at a computer. And actually, this is the way high-level people really collaborate with each other. They do it over a glass of champagne, watching the sunset in the south of France. So if you are ready to do some fun stuff around the world and really, really want to level up your tribe in one shot, fill out an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. We'll jump on a call and we'll see if it's a good fit. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Kimberly Prada Murgatroyd, how are you this morning? Prada Kajigata. Prada Kajigata. You know, here's the interesting thing. This is going to sound like the bougiest opening you've ever heard that we've done before. But for whatever the reason is in my life, I've owned one Prada thing and I had it for 20 years. Okay. So do not mistake this bouginess from me going like, oh my God, Prada is so awesome. You got to do Prada. Like I'm not that guy. But for whatever the reason is, we have found ourselves in a Prada hole. We are, I, I, I guess it's because it's on the block of where we live. I guess it's because we've made friends with the guy. But for whatever the reason is, I'm always finding myself- At Prada? At Prada. And it's like, there's always some weird- reason why I'm in there. It's like raining and I, and like the guy's like, it's got a rain shoe. You should, you should go there. Or they're, they're having an event and the guy that I know is like, well, you should go there. So, you know, last night we went, um, a friend of ours, who's the, uh, the manager there, uh, not the manager. He's a, he's a the salesperson. And, uh, he invited us to an event and they're doing this made to measure thing, which basically means that, you know, they will, they'll, customize a shirt or a suit or whatever. So I walked in and I knew I was in trouble the moment I walked in. I mean, it was like, you know, they're, they're waiting at the door for us. And then, you know, you get in and there's, uh, they, they've converted the, the shoe room into, you know, the Harvey Wallbanger, um, you know, bar, uh, you know, where they're doing high balls, old fashions and all that stuff. And then and then I walked over and he's like, well, how about, uh, how about I take Kim uh, over to the VR room so she can play with uh, Sophia and Sophia can watch the VR Yeah, Sophia did a show. VR headset, but it, it's actually branded on the front with Prada and it's the, it's the Prada Fashion Week, Milan Fashion Week runway shows. 
And then, uh, then I'll then I'll take Rob. I'll See, take, that was his first thing. He wanted to separate us. Because... Wanted, yeah. And then she then like we were stopping there on the way to dinner, and he's like, "I'll, I'll need him for like forty five minutes." Like forty five. minutes. I was like, "What?" <laughs> and then I then I walk over to the place, and it's the tailor from Rome who's got Milan, like, honey, Milan. No, no, no. We came in from, really. Yeah, Rome. Are you sure? Uh, we talked about Rome, Prada, huh? Milan. We talked Milan. Prada is from Milan, but this guy was from Rome. Okay. Don't, don't, you, you're messing my story up. Okay. So. So, I'm providing color. So the guy, uh, the guy's got like a pin cushion on his wrist with pins on it, and he's given me the look up and down, judging the outfit that I'm wearing. Meanwhile, he goes, "Oh, those pants are amazing. Where'd you get them?" I got them at this store. It was it's called Dan John's. Okay, <laughs> I found the only store called Dan John's. I paid twenty nine dollars for it. It's him, definitely okay? not called Dan John's. It's called yeah, it's called Dan John's, something like it, that. Johnny it, Danny, Danny Johnny. <laughs> so I'm telling, Google it. Something and you paid like twenty nine dollars. Twenty nine dollars. He goes, he goes, those pants are awesome. Where'd you get them? I said, I think, I think it was, uh, I think it was somewhere when I was traveling. I was saying, maybe it was a Retso. I can't, <laughs> I can't quite remember. He goes, amazing. Was really. it the store in a Retso? No, it was not. It was the twenty nine dollar Dan John's. <laughs> Store, okay, so I so I'm sitting there feeling insecure in my you know in my pants, and I've got you know I got the Rome tailor with the pin cushion, and they you know they pull out and the uh, Negroni. The, no, they well I got the Negroni. I pull out the uh, you know the the uh, they pull out the swatches, you know, and he's like, um, so. He picked, if you've ever seen, this is going to sound... And either, by the way, this is not what we're talking about today. So if you don't give a shit about this, fast forward. If you've ever, thank you, honey. If you've ever seen, um, you know, like the wallpaper at the Beverly Hills Hotel. So for, forgive me, but you know what I mean. Like you probably have. Your grandmother's wallpaper. Your grandmother's wallpaper. Um, that's what the swatches were. And it was, he's, you know... Very high fashion. Crazy high fashion. <laughs> so probably silk as he's well. like. He's like, well, which one of these do you like? I was like, would that be what the shirt looks like in the end? <laughs> he's, I'm like, he's like, yeah. I was like, the whole shirt? <laughs> I was like, I can't, no, I can't. Anyway, so it was a long story, but it was a, it was a very interesting night. And um, so much to tell about that night. I'll, I'll, before we talk about what we're going to talk about today, I, I would absolutely love to be invisible inside a Prada store. And here's why. Because the kind of people that come in there are, no, this is no knock to Prada, please don't take it this way. But the kind of people who are looking to wear a big name brand that signifies something to them on their body or on their feet is an interesting bird. <laughs> it's an interesting kind of person and it isn't, um, you know, like like when I went to my tailor the other day, who which is a whole other. We can have this conversation of what tailors are like here. But when I went there, there's a different kind of person. There's somebody that says, "Hey, look, you know, I just want good quality clothes. I don't want custom anybody's name. on your body. In fact, what I want is my name on the inside of the jacket or the name of the tailor, you know, hidden inside the jacket. But they're not looking so." In there last night was this collective of people. My wife is just she's. she's I don't like when you talk about people. She's sending me specifically all, she's because sent, she's sending me all kinds yeah. of uh, hand signals to not mention anything. And don't don't worry, your little head. I'm not going to say anything about anything. Let me finish. She uh, there there you, you threw me off my whole thing. There's a collective there of people that are all sort of in the same 
family, if you will, of what they are looking for. And just from a sociological experiment, it is so interesting looking at look at what I said, those people, but looking at people who are really in search of give me Prada. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. Well, you have the people like you and I that, you know, okay, so Rob bought these boots 20 years ago. He literally had them for 20 years. He kept getting them resold because they were amazing and they were comfortable. And so when you spend a, a, a good bit of money on a boot, it should last a really long time and it's classic and it doesn't go out of style. It's great. And so that's what that Prada boot was for him. And so I went and bought him a pair of boots for his birthday because those boots are gone now. Uh, he wore them to the point of no return. And I, I wanted him to have another pair for the next 20 years. So that's how we got first um, interjected into Prada, so to speak. And what's funny is last night, the staff said to me, they go, you look, now you look very Italian. Like when I went in there, I think I had a top knot, like a messy bun, cut off jean shorts, God knows what I was wearing and I didn't know what I was doing. Well, this is, this is an interesting conversation which will bring us to um, what we're talking about today. And that is how your environment dictates how you behave. So for example, um, you know, my wife, my, my wife, Kim is, uh, well, you, I guess everybody listening knows that, <laughs> that the, uh, the only, the only other person on the this wife, podcast, his name is Kim w- and it's called fried date. So I figured that they know I'm that probably I'm, the one you're talking it, to. It's probably, yeah. yeah, I don't need to my actually, wife, Kim. yeah, I don't okay. actually need to say Good. my wife, comma, Kim, comma, the environment dictates how you are. So uh, Kim has been uh, stepping up her fashion game uh, to a whole new level and, you know, walks in last night. It's not really hard because my level was leggings. So it was Lululemon and flip-flops. You're looking great. You got the whole thing rocking now. And that sort of like leads us into the- Acclimating uh, into the culture. Into eat the fucking Cornetto. Okay. okay? So today what we're talking about, that was such a long opening. I hope you guys enjoyed it. By the way- They liked it. Rob, you actually have to put, we have to find a way to put in, in forever- I need to make a TikTok or something out of you wearing the Liberace sequined, like long ass coat from Prada. It's a bluish green sequin coat that we, I had to be 40 pounds. And he had it on last night. He tried it on in Prada. It was so funny. We have to find a way to put it on your Instagram forever because it was perfect. But that's not what we're talking about either. So I hope you guys enjoyed Prada. What we wanted to talk about today is yesterday, Rob said to me, he said, look, I don't, I'm getting mixed. I'm getting confused on food and health and what I should be doing. And should, this guy said that if you're, you're doing it, you just need to like, if you want to lean out, you got to just reduce a couple hundred calories per day. And then I got this guy saying I should do intermittent fasting daily. And then that guy is talking about doing you know, only meat and vegetables and this one's doing that and that one's doing that. And so he's, understandably, I imagine most people listening to this, if you really think about the world of health and wellness or fitness and food, there's massive confusion because one person is eating vegan and the other one is like, no, you have to only eat meat. And then this one's like high fat and this one's like no sugar. And, And there's all of these rules in America 
right? And most of the world of like, what do you do? And all the fitness experts have their own spin on it that makes it incredibly confusing. And so after Rob basically verbal vomited all of his confusion, I said, I'm more interested in looking at lifespan, overall health. And it's really interesting because my background is exercise physiology and nutrition. This is literally what I made a living on for many years and even how I met you, Robert Victor Anthony. Yeah, I married my trainer. There you go. There you go. Chew chew on that. Chew on that. I Mm -hmm. And I married my client, even better. Mm -hmm. So what my perception of, and I was a fitness competitor, six meals a day, chicken at every meal. And, you know, I grew feathers after a couple of shows. I feel like there's such a, a confusion on health. And with all the health and wellness experts, with all of the things, all the diets and all the things they, that are going on in the world that are constantly being put out, everybody's got their spin on it. But I'm looking at a culture like Italy where they eat literally for breakfast, a croissant, and they call it a cornetto here, but a croissant. Sometimes it's filled with um, Parma ham and cheese. Sometimes it's filled with cream. Sometimes it's filled with Nutella. You never know, or marmalade. But every one I see has one in their hand in the morning. That's breakfast and a cappuccino or a coffee or something. That's breakfast. I don't see people walking around with protein shakes. I don't see people, you know, eating bacon and eggs and oatmeal and all of these things. And it's actually funny here because there are certain restaurants that want to attract Americans. And so they'll put a sign out in the morning that says American breakfast. And you look at it and it's literally bacon, eggs, oatmeal, like all this stuff. And then they'll have English breakfast and they have their version, Australian breakfast. And then you have the Italian breakfast, which is a croissant. So you have this uh, really opposite discrepancy, right? You have this opposite lifestyle. So I look and I'm like, okay, the Italians are thin for the most part. As a, as a culture, as a community, they are thin. They are number 10 in the world for life expectancy. Okay, so number 10. And they eat a croissant for breakfast and some blend of pasta, fish, meat. They do not eat salads like I, I told Rob, I said, what's the number one? Someone says I'm going on a diet. What do they start eating? Salad. Salad. But let, let's, let's, I want to stay with the Cornetto for a second. Okay. Because this is what, this is what tipped it off. So as a, you know, I know people, there's a big chunk of people that listen to this podcast outside of America, like a significant chunk. So I don't want to just keep talking about America. I want to talk yeah. about sort of like, I don't know. I don't know what the word is. Non-European, maybe. It may be better. I'm not sure. But when I look around, I really want to drill down and uh, and double click on this point. If I go to a cafe in the morning and I look around, the first thing I notice is everybody has a cappuccino or, 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 a or some, some version of a coffee, but usually a cappuccino. Okay. And everybody, I don't, I'm not saying... 10 out of 10 people in the, I'm saying, I'm not saying one, you know, five out of 10. I'm saying 10 out of 10 people. They're eating the Cornetto. Okay. So I'm going to say the word Cornetto. You, you it's, think, just you say think, croissant. Okay. Croissants. I, I don't like to say croissant because it's French and it I feel like matter. I should say croissant <laughs> and I just, and I feel like I'm fucking it up. So I'm going to say Cornetto. It's fine. They know what it is. Okay. Every single person has some sweet pastry in their hands. Okay. Cause that's pretty much what it is. Cause there, there are a million different versions of this, but you get the point. I 
look at it and say, oh, I think that would be a beautiful way <laughs> to, to start, start my, my day. Have a cup of coffee and this delicious sweet thing that would be incredible. But then I say, no, I, I can't. I'm not allowed. I have to fast till I, one. I have to fast until one o'clock. And so I'm literally watching everybody eat and I'm forcing myself to not do it. Okay. Then I look and say, the next day I go back and I'm like, well, that motherfucker's in good shape. He's 65. Like he looks incredible. And he's eating the Coronado. He's got the Coronado. And then I go, okay, I, well, what, what would, like, is it going to, if I eat it. <laughs> what would happen if I ate what's it? What's going to happen? <laughs> so if I eat it, my sugar's going to go through the roof. Okay, well, that, I, well, then that's bad. Well, but they look like they're not, I don't see bodies on the road dying from people eating Cornetto. In fact, if I did the opposite and I flew to a, an equivalent cafe in uh, America, we'll just say, and I looked around, what I would see, forgive me, is obesity everywhere and people having bacon and eggs or, Donuts having, or, or having or having nothing at all. Yeah. Right. So it seems to be like you either have the typical American breakfast, nothing, or maybe if you're into fitness, you might do oatmeal. Here's the point. The point is they are doing things that are in balance. For example, when they have the when they have the sweet thing in the morning, it's usually kind of it. It's light, it's airy, it's fluffy. And it's something to just have a little something with their coffee. And then they're not going to do anything until maybe 12 o'clock, one o'clock. And then they're going to have a lighter lunch. And then when they have the lunch, the lunch is going to be around something that's in season, which is the next, next subject I want to well, talk about. Well, before you, before you get to that, because I, we need to paint the picture of this entire thing, right? So what we're looking at right now and what I want to do over the next, I don't know, three to six months here is really have conversations with people about the things that are affecting uh, their health and the way they view food. Because what I said to Rob is, you can look and like everyone in the diet expert, food expert, nutrition expert world, it's like, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this. And we're really only talking about two things, right? Food and and physically moving, mostly exercise, working out in a gym, throwing weights around, doing cardio, and that's it. So we talk about food and gym. And that's all that really most fitness experts talk about. And what I said to Rob is, we don't know what other things they're doing. How much are they walking? What are they, what else are they doing? What unconscious things are part of the culture here that create this balance. For example, pasta, they eat pasta every day. So, or not everybody, but there's there's an unlimited supply of pasta and many of them are eating pasta pizza pretty much every day, if not multiple times a week. And in the United States, people are like, no bread, no, no anything, no pasta, no bread, no this, no that. And I'm literally walked, watching a culture of people that live longer. So again, what I said before is they're number 10 in life expectancy. The United States is number 43 in life expectancy. So Italy is doing something right. But there's, there's a lot of factors that we're not taking account for. For example, when you cook pasta al dente, it has a different 
uh, effect on your blood sugar than if you overcook it. And al dente, it almost seems a little bit undercooked if you are not used to it. But it has a different effect on your blood sugar. Walking before and after meals has a different effect on your blood sugar. It has a different effect on your life, your calories, all of it. Drinking a little bit of wine every day actually lowers your blood sugar and actually keeps it stable. There's a lot of little things along the way that I'm, I don't have all the answers, but I'm fascinated by this. And yesterday I actually spoke with one of the people that work in our building where we live and we talked about nutrition and it was a really interesting conversation because he said, you know, after 30, you just can't eat pasta every single day. And I was like, oh, so there is a, a thing around that he goes, we have meat, we have fish, we have chicken, uh, we eat a lot of vegetables, but not salads. They eat grilled vegetables mostly. And he said, you, you can't just eat pasta every day after 30 or you're, gonna, you're not going to be healthy. You're going to end up gaining weight. And I said, so then how often do you eat it? He said, oh, I don't know, two, three, maybe times a week. I was like, well, three times a week to eat pasta is very different and than the American cheat he's day. He's probably eating it five times and he's trying to, he's trying right. to minimize it. But a few things I want to jump in here. Uh, some things, I just did an interview with um, a guy by the name of uh, Dom D'Agostino, who is, he's got, a, he's got 9,000 PhDs. He teaches at medical schools. He's been on Rogan's podcast and Tim Ferriss's podcast a bunch of times. He is the go-to keto guy. He's doing research in a lab uh, on keto and uh, to help with cancer. Uh, that's his thing in, in medical schools. And our conversation was not about that because there's enough out there there's enough out there with other people asking him questions around that. I wasn't interested in that. What I was interested in is the subject that we're talking about today. And he said a few things that I think are really interesting. And he said, you know, look, the state that the person who's making the food is in matters. Yes. And I oh. went, oh, that's interesting. That Because he's not like a woo-woo guy. These I'm are like, the non-tangible They're the soft-hearted. The soft-hearted. The soft these are the things that, this is what I want to look at over the next three to six months, is these little things that you're talking about, these intangible soft target. It's not six grams, six ounces of protein and whatever. So he talked about like the state that the person is in when uh, that who's making the food. He also talked about the quality of the ingredients. And he said, the other thing to consider is the state that you're in when you're eating it. So I saw TikTok the other day, which is where, where my wife and I get all of our news from. And um, <laughs> it was, she did, it's a, it's, she's a woman that is living um, somewhere, I think in the South of Italy. Uh, she's American and, and her husband is uh, very, very Italian. And she uses him uh, pretty much the way that Kim uses me as a prop. And so she showed an American uh, eating food and it was, she was, you know, at her desk, she was typing and it was in a bag, you know, she was just, you know, eating a quick lunch, right? At her desk. And she showed an Italian eating food and he was sitting there um, uh, in the backyard with his shirt off, uh, sunning himself and he's got a sandwich and he's like taking a bite, basically making love to the sandwich and like savoring every bite and like looking up at the sun and relaxing. And he's just eating it with the, this absolute joy and slow kind of thing. There is a, there is a, 
sensuality, um, for lack of a better word, that I don't, and I certainly don't mean sex, but I, but I mean it in the way that you would want to have sex. There is this, this sensual, I don't know what other word I can say, that is just pleasure that is at such a high level when you eat that you don't want, it's like when you drink a great glass of wine and the bottle before you know it is gone and you're like, oh my God, it was so good. They recognize that the food has been prepared perfectly and it tastes ridiculously amazing. So it is consumed intentionally, joyfully, knowing that it's, it's gonna be gone in a few minutes. So it's done slowly. The conversation at the table is around how incredible what you're eating is. And it's not like, think about like if you go to like a TGI Fridays or, you know, Bennigan's or one of those places, right? Do they still have Bennigan's? I don't know, but you know what I mean? And you go in and you get like, uh, what's that, um, what's that uh, spinach dip? What do they call that? Spinacchio, something like that. Espinaca. Espinaca, right? So you go in there and you're really just shoveling it in because you're hungry. So it's like, here's the chip, here's the thing, and you're eating it. But you're not going like, oh my God, the spinacchio is the best thing. Well, but it's not even that. I think there's a lot. I think you're uncovering something really important here because when, when we go and we get our favorite sandwich here, right? It's a giant loaf of bread, basically. They cut open. They shove buffalo mozzarella, prosciutto, and a truffle sauce or something in it. It is so freaking delicious. And then you walk around and you see every person with this giant sandwich in their hand sitting and looking at the art or Palazzo Vecchio Mm -hmm. or laughing and having a a small glass of wine. There is a joy and a a happiness. And there's a communion and a conversation with it. Yes, there's a a a community. There's a conversation. There's a joy. There's a happiness. And you're not looking at your sandwich. Like I remember in the days that I would do fitness competitions that I, I, what's the difference here, okay? You and I, we, we talk about law of attraction. We talk about manifestation. We talk about how important your thoughts are to your health and to your body and to what you bring into your life. So if I go to the refrigerator in the chiropractic clinic and I open up the, the plastic container with the piece of chicken and the broccoli and the shit that I made three days ago because you, you food prep on Sundays and I stick it in the microwave and I eat that begrudgingly, <laughs> mad at it, or, or if I'm conversely, if I have cheat day and I order this big cheat meal and I'm gorging myself, but really what I'm saying is this is making me fat and I'm cheating. And this, this item, I'm, it's taboo and I'm not allowed to have it because it's not good for me. And I'm consuming it versus someone putting a plate in front of me. Like last night, we, this is a great example. We we're sitting at dinner and we ordered our food and the waitress brought out and she said, this is an offering from the house. And it was hand cut prosciutto. I'm going to Parma ham. I'm not sure what it was, but it was some version of like a cured meat plate. And, but it was different than what we've normally seen. You could tell it wasn't sliced on a meat slicer. It was hand cut. And we took one bite. We looked at each other. We we're like, oh my God, it literally melted in our mouth. And I could see in the corner, the owner 
his like watching us for the reaction. And as soon as he saw it, he came over and he grabbed Rob. He said, do you want to see the ham? We just opened it today. Well, it was interesting. He spoke no English, right? And he, he came, I, I, I immediately took a bite of this and I saw Kim was looking at somebody else. And so I looked behind me and the owner was having dinner with his family. And watching so us I, eat I it. looked at him <laughs> and I went like, are you like, I gave him the look, like, are you kidding me with this? And he says, incredible. And I, so I, he goes, come here. I walk over and he takes me to a hoof. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he's carving some hoof. But the point is not the meat or the taste. The point is the joy and the to, interaction. To your point, yeah. really great point. When you when you meal prep on Sunday and you got a piece of a rubber ru- chicken. rubber chicken that's gelatinous with you know steamed vegetables, there's no joy. There's no communion over it. Kim and I are not eating in the chiropractic office when we were there. Um, eating, going like, did you taste that broccoli? <laughs> Holy shit, that chicken! Are we you were literally me? we would take a bite and drink water. It was like taking a pill. So there was no there was no joy in it. Okay, but, cu- couple. But of- the love. But the love. This is what I think is so important. Well, one, obviously the ingredients, but two, I didn't look at the plate and go, oh my god, do you see the fat on there? That's going to make me fat. I mean, I'm going to eat it because it's an offering from the house, and I'm not going to offend him. But do you see that fat? Like, I can't eat that fat. If I put that fat into my body, I'm going to get fat. And None of that is a conversation. It's holy shit, this is incredible. And by the way, we've been eating our face off in pasta, pizza. We haven't followed one nutrition guideline here. Like yesterday was the first day we even had a conversation about it. We have eaten anything we want since we landed here, which is almost two months, and we've lost weight. Yeah, it's a it's a really it's a really weird thing because it's it's a it's a mind fuck in a way because you you just want to go back to so here's what so here's what happens so I eat the pasta right we go out we eat the eat the ham the pasta and then pretty much have dessert every night okay pretty much no we do have dessert every night and at the end of it I go oh god this is like I'm gonna fucking I'm like I'm gonna be so fat and then I look and I go hold on. Hold on a second. My pants are loose. Everybody <laughs> around me is doing the exact same thing. They're thinner than me. Right. So what is happening? Okay, a couple more, couple more things before we wrap. One is um, they're also walking after they eat. This is a really interesting thing for me. When you live in a place, like I thought I walked when I was in Hermosa. Like one of the things we wanted to be was in a walkable community. Did I walk? Yes, I definitely walked, but it wasn't required, right? Here in the city center, it is required for you to walk. Now, this is not an Italy thing. I could move outside of the city center and I can move into the burbs where I need a car for everything and I'm not walking anywhere. But when you're in the center of the city where having a car is actually more difficult than not having a car. It's certainly more expensive and it's a pain in the ass. You got to park it. You got to go through the, this, like you're going through roads that were designed for horses, trying to put a car on that basically is the size of a Borat car and you getting in trying to, it's not easy. When you're walking everywhere, that changes the entire equation of what you're doing nutritionally. I can tell, I had a conversation with uh, one of my coaching clients yesterday and he said, I cannot tell you the difference 
between eating pasta and then walking and eating pasta and not walking and just sitting. It's completely different. So all of these things add up. Another thing is um, eating food. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but eating food that's found in season. Yes. We did an interview with uh, Tom Brady's uh, trainer, Alex Guerrero. And you did an interview in the work hard, play hard mastermind in the master, experiences. Yeah, yeah, not the, po- not the yeah. podcast. Sorry, uh, it was a live interview. It was like on stage in front of my uh, my work hard, play hard uh, peeps. And uh, one of the things that I was asking him about was, you know, I heard that Tom doesn't eat tomatoes, and he goes, "It's not, it's not true." He said, "What I t- Tom once said to somebody, I think it was like Oprah or something like that. He's like, oh, no, I'm not going to have any uh, uh, tomatoes. I don't, I don't eat them.' It was taken out of context. What he was saying is, I eat fruit that are fruit and vegetables that are in season because eating something in season where you live, if fruits and vegetables, if you're in Florida and they're in season all the time, then it's perfect for you because you're in the right environment. But if you're in New York and it's snowing and you have a orange that was just brought in from Uruguay, (laughs) it is not the same thing as what your body is going through during that season. So this is really, really interesting to me. So I walked out yesterday and I'm walking down the street and I noticed that things, things are slowly changing before my eyes. When we got here and I walked into a restaurant, zucchini flowers are in season. So it was everywhere. We went in, I was like, oh, zucchini flowers. Last night I went in and I said, do you have any zucchini flowers? She looked at me like I was out of my mind. She's like, no, like not now, it's gone. Now we're in porcini mushrooms. So when I walked outside the street, I started seeing chestnuts roasting on the corners. On an open fire. On an open fire. And so now we're in chestnut season. They will not have chestnuts for no. very long. No, and we went into a bakery as part of our Italian lessons. Uh, she, our teacher, asked us to go into a bakery and take pictures of things so we could learn the different names because bread here is not just bread. There's eight, it's like it's like Eskimos have how many words for snow? Italians have how many words for bread? And there's schicciata, there's panini, there, there's all kinds of things. So there's a specific, it's grape season, it's grape harvest season. And we went in and they have this kind of um, dish. It's a schicciata with uh, grapes cooked onto it. And it's delicious. It makes like a little cake. They only have it for like this one month. It doesn't, you'll never find it in another month. So things are, things are very seasonal. So here's the point of all of this. What my goal is, what I want to do, uh, I, it's just coming to me now. I, I want to keep a, a journal of these differences that I'm seeing and these differences in health because I love health and I love food and I love wellness and, I, and I'm more interested in life expectancy, to be honest, than I am abs. But I, obviously, there's a correlation between a healthy weight and not a healthy weight. So I, my goal is to keep uh, a journal and a record of these differences. And I don't know, Rob, maybe I'll write a book on it, on how you can take tips from the Italian culture and implement them into your life anywhere in the world and and enhance your health and enhance your life expectancy. Why not? Yeah, I mean, even you know, on the book front, even, even there's a great book about this in France called French Women Don't Get Fat, yeah. right? And it was a woman basically in short who um, got a job in New York, came to New York, uh, gained weight and went back home 
And when she got off the plane, her dad said to her the equivalent in French of, you look like a sack of potatoes, quite literally. And it killed her. And she was like, what the hell happened? And she went, part of the digging that she did was recognizing that there was a balance. So when she walked into a, a chocolate store, uh, a chocolaterie uh, in France, um, she realized that French women have a bite and they go, oh, delicious. And they move on. When they have dinner, they have a bite of this and they have a bite of that. And then they're, do they're done. They have figured out balance. Yes. Right? But the we talk about balance in America and we make plates that say, put this much vegetables and this much this. That's not what I'm talking about though. Like I well, want to- but, 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 but let me leave them with this. So we watched the TikTok again. This is where we get our news. There's an, another Italian uh, American couple that we follow that uh, they're actually living in the States and there's an Italian living with her. Uh, living. Uh, her husband is Italian. She's American and they live in the United States of America. You're thank, welcome. Thank you. And they were talking about making pasta. So he said, she says, how much pasta are you supposed to make? And he literally grabbed with his hand blindly. You watch it happen, takes it, puts it into the, puts it onto a scale. And it was, he said it should be 80 grams. And it went to like his handful was 83 grams. He said, all right, we'll give it a little, a little we'll bit extra. We'll be generous. We'll be generous. So there is, they, yes, they eat pasta, but they're not, to use a New Yorkism, they're not gavones, which is the New York Italian version of a, a pig, which is, I think, cafone, something like that. They are really intentional. They're like, I'm not, I'm, if you fed an Italian here, what they feed you in an Italian- In, in Maggiano's. In Maggiano's, <laughs> they would look at it and say, am I a horse? Like it's a, it's a like, trough of food. Like is, like, is that really what you're eating? So there's so, what we opened this podcast with is, and we hope that we did a good job and you could see that we're still trying to figure this out ourselves. But there are multiple factors involved in the, uh, in, in longevity, uh, maintaining your weight, but more important than that, maintaining your joy of life because food is not, you're not meant to be deprived in food. You're meant to enjoy it. That is the thing that we are getting here. They enjoy what they're eating and that matters. All right, that's it, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.